you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. The Around the NFL Podcast. Can't wait for the offseason. Halfway there. From the Chris Wessling Podcast Studio, it's Around the NFL. I am Dan Hansis. I got heroes here. Greg Rosenthal, Mark Sessler. All right. Let's set the table here. Super Bowl set. Great. Chiefs, Eagles. But we still have like two weeks until the game. Mm. But we will fill the time. We have a lot of shows, too. A lot of work. (laughs) Work, 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 work. Three shows before we get to the Super Bowl, and then three shows uh, before the actual Super Bowl in Arizona, and some hot guests coming up. Mm. Just just a little tease. I have full confidence we can talk our way through every single show (laughs) they have us do. We will find a way. Coming up later, the great Brian Baldinger will join us. Baldy, as he's known. Baldy was probably more unhappy than anyone else that the um, extra week was added to the season, pushing the Super Bowl back a week, which in essence pushes his ability to go wild in the offseason back a week. So we'll talk to him about that as well. I mean, that said, the one time we had him on during Super Bowl week, like an hour earlier, he was scuba diving in the waters off Miami. So he he seems to find a way. He does find a way. And he's also, there's nobody better uh, when talking about the game in the trenches than Baldy, a former offensive lineman himself, turned top-rate analyst. So we're going to kind of dig in a little bit on that element of Super Bowl 57. Um, But before that, shall we hit the news? Let's go. Let's Mm. do some news. Fly, Eagles, fly on the road to from the podium, the risers after the NFC title game. It is good to see something uh, that Jalen Hurts can't do. You know, <laughs> he can't sing, so he's not perfect. No, he's got a couple of weeks to work on that. I mean, that is a what a huge argument the end of that game celebration was um, and the one in Arrowhead to not take the title games. I know these some of these um, money-hungry um, individuals up high want to like shift it to this neutral site. What are we doing here? Never, ever do that. I know they will. They probably will, but don't ever do it. Fans always say being at home for a winning conference championship game is better than the Super Bowl. Even better than winning. Like, of course, winning the Super Bowl, that's the whole idea. But just in terms of having a fun day, you can't top that. But they needed to get Mylotta on the mic. He's got some pipes. He's got pipes. Yeah, you're right. You know, you've heard the... 
the singing on the Mass Singer. You've got the Christmas no, I album. Not, I did not see with that. Mylata and the did offensive linemen. Um, yeah, they needed to replace him. AJ Brown was just standing up there. Admitted afterwards, he has no idea. He didn't even know what the words were. He'd never I, really I heard that. Say, that seems fair to not know them. <laughs> you know, I never even knowing heard that. every like, word yeah. and very strange. Although he was butchering it tone wise. Bradshaw taking the mic away for like the final line. Just let him finish at that point. He's already drowning out there. Um, yeah, I don't know if that. Geez, that who's asking for the title games to get moved from the you know the number one there seed? Are, or there the are top whispers that that will become sort of the next. But like, public who event. wants it? Like football well, based fans. Based on profootballtalk.com, my former boss Mike Florio. Sources. It's his idea within the league. Within the league. League sources. Uh, So, um, doesn't that kind of. Some of of my former uh, coworkers over at 345 Park Avenue, where I used to work, are they still at that address? Doesn't it kind of align with where everything else is going with league events? Where they, like, thank you. I'm a a company person. (laughs) Can this just be, can we just keep this the same? Can we keep anything the same? I think, uh, I think there will be extreme pushback if that is the case. But that is. Uh, poor singing notwithstanding, yes, because winning the conference title is, you know, obviously such a big, big event for every fan base, and and that celebration, I'm sure, was a lot of fun in Philly. Colleen Wolf was there, had Connie on the Power Rankings podcast uh, today, my co-host on that show, and she was in an apartment somewhere in Philadelphia still breathing in the beauty of the life of a Philadelphia sports I thought she might be breathing in something else, but I'm sure that happened earlier in the... <laughs> I feel like perhaps, I'm perhaps. Really All right, let's get into the news. Oh, my goodness. We got massive NFL news here. This from Rap Sheet. Sean Payton is going to the Broncos. Hey, now. New Orleans and uh, Denver just finalized a trade, uh, settling the compensation. Sources say New Orleans gets a first rounder. That would be the 29th overall pick in the upcoming draft. That is San Francisco's pick um, and an early pick. In addition to that first rounder, likely, according to Ian, a second round pick. So a 29th overall pick and then a second rounder. They will also give a pick back, um, the Broncos will, uh, to the Saints. It's a complex deal, as Ian Ian reports, uh, but it is now done Sean Payton is the new head coach of the Denver Broncos, ending a kind of a, a whirlwind uh, affair for Payton, who, you know, this time last year, it felt like he was going to do a year of football, Mark, uh, in the as a commentator, and then had the world at his feet. And then it didn't really seem like that was how it was going to end up playing out. It seemed like he maybe overplayed his hand and didn't have the chance that he would uh, now have, which is be a head coach back in the league, highly compensated, obviously, and running the show in Denver. Yeah, I mean, I could have imagined him taking over the Chargers job. I think that would have been the ideal landing spot for him. Dallas always hung out there in the mist. Denver, I did not think were... I I kind of always thought that he was using the Broncos as leverage, but there was very little leverage. And you walk into, I think, a very challenging situation. There's kind of a glass half full, half empty, because... The half full is they were such a disaster last year and so poorly organized under Nathaniel Hackett and the quarterback was such a failure that you almost can't do worse on the offensive side of the ball. And maybe if Russell Wilson, a year into this and under Sean Payton, turns the corner and he's not the guy that he was last year, I have suspicions around that, that's for sure, then suddenly Sean Payton looks like the genius everyone says he is. 
But it's a complex job because I'm fully convinced that Russell Wilson will never be the old Russell Wilson. Mm. And everything on that offense and everything they're built around and his deal and all that other stuff centers around Russell Wilson. And I mean, I know there's ways you can get I mean, out of that contract at some point, but can Sean Payton overcome all that? Greg, as a Broncos fan, you're not that you're a Broncos fan, but you're thinking, though, like, man, things could not have gone worse in year one with Russell Wilson. And you could point to a lot of reasons why, but you can't avoid that Wilson played poorly. Going into year two, which is an emergency situation in terms of them figuring out whether he's their guy, you got to be at least feeling good that you have Sean Payton now in the yes. building, and now you're going to know for sure. There won't be any unsaid <laughs> questions after this year about Wilson and his future in Denver. Right. Sean Payton is the man in Denver now. Russell Wilson is not. It's just the quarterback. If, if I had to guess, extremely early – I would put Russell Wilson's chances of being on this team in two years at like less than 50-50. But I am certain Sean Payton's going to be there in a couple of years. The way his contract, Russell Wilson's, uh, is structured, I don't think they'll try to get out of it right now. Although I personally think that wouldn't be that crazy. I think it's possible. They'll give it one year with Sean Payton. And you got to love it if you're a Broncos fan because I've got issues with how Sean Payton's manipulated the media and he's friends with everyone and there's different sources talking to this guy and it almost looked like, like you mentioned, he wasn't going to get a job in this cycle. I mean, don't forget the Broncos' ownership was in Michigan last weekend by all accounts begging Jim Harbaugh trying to get him to take that job. Dan Quinn pulled out and was reported to be one of their top choices. Maybe it was two sides that didn't quite uh, have a perfect landing spot, and they, you know, went back to each other. And Walmart's got long money, and that's that's who owns the Broncos right now. And one thing we kept hearing from the Sean Payton sources was that he wanted a lot of money and he wanted a lot of power. So they have a GM there in George Payton, but Sean Payton's the guy who's running every aspect of this organization, and he was good at it in New Orleans. I I get on him for the media stuff, but. Man, he can manage an os- offense, and he can manage like every aspect of the organization, from the front office to the coaching staff to everything. He's going to have to hire coaches a little last minute here, but, I mean, Broncos it's, fans have to be excited. It's Peyton and Peyton. It might just be Peyton at some point. Yeah, and, <laughs> you know, we're, we're going to get to Domingo Ryans in, in a second here, uh, but I want to mention that, you know, Ryans, the reporting is out there that he kind of, let Denver know that wasn't where he wanted to be. And right. he, he's going to end him up too. in Houston. And Dan Quinn, a guy that really had put himself in a good position to get a head coach job, he didn't want to go to Denver. And it makes sense because you don't want to be a head coach that goes to the Broncos after what happened last year with the quarterback and end up getting fired after a year because Russell Wilson doesn't get better and you kind of get baby with the bathwater right out of Denver and you don't feel you get a, a fair shot. That is not going to happen with Sean Payton for the reasons, Greg, you just said. Sean Payton was going to go somewhere where he would be the the grand poobah and that's what he is in Denver and no matter what happens with Russell Wilson now, Payton will get a long run to try to turn this organization around. I think it's kind of a, uh, for everything that's gone wrong for Denver, um, I think it's a slam dunk hire for them and it puts them back on the road to you know getting back in the right direction here. I mean, they've been dealing with one of the worst sort of optics PR snafus of any team over the last, you know, since September. It resets all that, but it, and now we're in that period where it's going to be very flowery speak about what Russell, what this means for Russell Wilson. I don't buy it till I see it, but I do think that if you, if there's any coach out there that can find a way to work around Russell Wilson's weaknesses and also probably have another quarterback 
on the roster that he maybe likes better that could usurp Russell Wilson if things get nasty in this season? I don't think you have to go 16, 17 games with Russell Wilson. You don't. I'm Same. Russell Wilson, and I throw a sexy deep ball. He does do that. Uh, I would like to see uh, Taysom Hill just throw, throw him in that trade. Yeah, I don't think it's going to happen. Actually, players are not allowed just... by rule to be part of coach trade, so that could yeah, happen. But if but anybody's going to find a way to, to work around Later things, in the offseason, yeah, let's, let's, let's bring in Taysom. Then give Taysom Hill another contract. Quickly from the Saints' perspective, just to focus on these picks. You're right, Denver is resetting, and it, it does feel all, all better, but it is worth noting they don't have their first-round pick, which would have been number five, because they traded it for Russell Wilson on top of other picks that are coming in the future. Seattle has that pick. They they did have a pick late in the first round. You mentioned it's 29th, the 49ers pick, because they traded away Bradley Chubb. So they basically you know, got Sean Payton as part of almost that Bradley Chubb move. But like you do want to have picks. It's a nice trade, by the way. <laughs> Because Chubb didn't exactly light the world on fire in Miami, and and now you're going to end up getting that's, that's that. Them. I yeah. guess I yeah you're right that they it gave them the flexibility to do something like this. But and, it, and they it depends on the results because the Rams don't have first round picks. They haven't used them at all. They won a Super Bowl. Right. The problem here is the quarterback went south. If you got a premier version of Russell Wilson, then added another first to get Sean Payton. No one's complaining about that. I will believe. And I don't know how it can be confirmed because people have different agendas that that, that Peyton would have gone back to the Saints if they were willing to get rid of Dennis Allen. Uh, They chose not to do that. And I think the Saints will say, well, we just got a first round pick and it sounds like maybe a two next year for our coach. We We did okay in this. Yeah, but Dennis Allen's your coach. That is not okay. I would have taken the Sean Peyton route personally. More breaking news. (laughs) Wow, this really worked out timing wise for... The old ATNers. Oh, yes, it did. The old Zeuser. Um The Texans have officially signed 49ers defensive coordinator D'Amico Ryans to a six-year contract to become their head coach. Now, what does that mean? I don't know. The money's guaranteed, though, for D'Amico Ryans. So after uh, the Texans went one and done with each of their last two head coaches, Levy Smith and David Cully, D'Amico Ryans enters the picture. He had been kind of like the... The buzzy mark, uh, sexiest pick here for any team coming off a great season with San Francisco. And now the Texans get their man. Do you like the hire? I know it, for the it makes sense. The Texans feel like they hit a home run here. If you're a guy, a fan of D'Amico Ryan's, are you a little nervous about what he's walking into in Houston? I think it's a good situation. I think like Sean Payton for whether we want to believe anything he says or not, described it as a good situation. I think it is because it's been an absolute disaster. The organization is in wreckage mode from a PR angle. D'Amico Ryans comes in as someone that is from the Texans. They can kind of reset the board a little bit and say, all this stuff that just happened, we can forget about it now. You're months away from selecting the best possible quarterback at number two, which starts things over again and helps you forget about Deshaun Watson, helps you forget about a lot of things, whether they should be given that luxury or not. I like to hire because I think, number one, he seems to be an excellent coach who obviously got the most out of his players in San Francisco post-Robert Sala, which was a challenge, certainly connects with them. And he's a, I, th- I think like they, they, there's a reason to believe that the connection with Houston, I think is good for them. That said, Cal McNair is now paying like three different coaching staffs an absolute ton of money. It might be I, four. I think he's probably still paying Bill O'Brien even. Uh, you're crazy. probably right. That that starts... I mean, I'm not worried about him. He's a multi-billionaire, but it's just like... They've made I, some do, errors do you tr- in judgment. I can you trust them to hang with Ryan's if things get I think tough? They, 
I think they know they have to. Now, Nick Casario, their general manager, who's you know been at the front of these hires, is now on his third head coach. He would be the next fall guy, I guess, if things don't go well. It's interesting. Ryan's and Casario, kind of from different branches of the NFL universe. Casario coming from the Belichick tree. Uh, Ryan's, who was with the Texans as a player, and then the Eagles, and and now under Shanahan. So I I would assume there's an agreement there that those two guys will work together. And Ryan's was the defensive rookie of the year there. We're getting old because I I remember you know I was doing Roto World that season 2006, and now he's was in the league ten years, and now he's a head coach. He knows the McNairs. Like, he knows them personally. He was mm-hmm. as well-respected as, as anyone in that franchise for the time he was there. So I think that's what makes uh, it a great move for him, for the Texans, and made it make sense more than if he didn't have a history there. But that, that's the team that drafted him. I mean, that's the team he grew up playing, you know, with, with J.J. Watt. And I we've heard that his wife and a lot of people love Houston, by the way. Like, People just like players love Houston. Coaches food, love Houston. Culture, like, sure. It sounds like his family like the hot, idea of going humid, back but... to Houston. I'm just saying if you took a poll of the players in the league, maybe mm-hmm. the coaches too, mm-hmm. former players, what city in the United States that has an NFL team would I most want to live in? I think Houston finishes top five. Okay. So I'm saying that's a factor too. I think it Get is. Get in there. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. Bye-bye Broncos well, let's, too. Wait, 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 wait. Okay. I don't know. Yeah. This turned into a referendum of whether Houston's a great American city. It is. It's it's one of the jewels of Texas, Greggy. But the the organization where uh, yeah. where that's representing Houston has not been one that anyone would refer to as a great stable place for a head coach to go. Times are maybe different. They have draft picks. It's a new horizon here. Um, I would think. I would guess the way the NFL typically works with head coaches, they're not going to. They wouldn't dare, I don't think, uh, go one and done unless something really crazy happened here. <laughs> He'll probably be on the more typical model for someone that inherits a mess, uh, which is you get like three years. Mm-hmm. You get, you get, and you got to get a team to the playoffs by that third year, or they probably are going to take a lo- real long, hard look. So that's exactly where Houston needs to start. They need to start with some stability, start with a head coach and a DC uh, previously that has a lot of respect. The players are going to be buying in. Um, this is just like with the Broncos. I think it's kind of a best case scenario in terms of getting things organized and kind of resetting what your organization is about. Thought they they hit on a couple of young players this year too. So Jalen Petrie and we'll see about Derek Stingley, who was taken ahead of Sauce Gardner, which mm-hmm. that's something that Texans fans will be thank you guys uh, mindful of in the coming years. But he was injured, and I think he played okay. So there's there's some young talent there. But not a lot on defense. So it's going to be a culture shock for Ryan's, who's had this loaded defense. They have cap room. They have a ton of picks. Yep. Man, that is whoever ends up as the DC of the Niners that is becoming now a factory um, uh, for producing head coaches, Sala, and now Ryan's. And yes, so there's uncertainty at DC for San Francisco. Also at QB after the news of Brock Purdy. And one of the saddest things I, I really remember seeing on the field in terms of just from a competition and. And from a storyline standpoint, Purdy went from waking up that morning as maybe being the biggest story uh, in the sporting world, if he could win another game, to getting hit on the elbow in the sixth play of the series. Turns out it's a complete tear of his UCL uh, in his elbow. 
And then going back into that game after Johnson goes down with a head injury and, and just handing the ball off when you, when you were supposed to be fighting for the Super Bowl. So, such a bummer. But anyway, the reporting is that Purdy has a complete tear of the ulnar collateral ligament. Um, he will reportedly, according to Tom Pelissero, seek a second opinion on the injury. But Pelissero reports the hope is he will undergo a repair rather than a total reconstruction, the famous or the infamous Tommy John surgery. They're hoping six months. They're hoping. Purdy spoke Tuesday morning and said nothing was decided for sure yet. So I think that's the hope, but it's not certain. Nick Mullins is the quarterback that comes to mind that I've read about that that had this injury most recently in the NFL. The same uh, 49ers um, you know, backup at the of time. Of course, it's a 49ers quarterback right. that had to have another injury. <laughs> and yeah, he, I think he was out six months. And again, that was a hope. But it sounds like Purdy's not totally sure that it that he'll avoid a reconstruction. I mean, it's he'd still be, in theory, available for camp no matter what goes on here. And it it just clouds what is a Maybe. QB like we hear They always say that this time of year and like, we'll see. But I mean, we heard that about Tre'Davious White. Also, oh, he's training ready for camp. camp, and then he shows up. But week we, 10. training camp is this massive date that hangs out there. But then all sorts of players show up late to camp, and they're totally fine. like that. We just have to stop overvaluing some of these timelines because, in general, if they really wanted him to be their Week One quarterback over Trey Lance, like it's going to be a competition either way. This this adds some haze to it, but. He knows the offense. He knows Shanahan. He knows all the players on the team, and he'd be ready by week one. Like I, I de-emphasize like the chaos surrounding Brock Purdy's timeline. Yeah, and I'm just a little bit. I, I'm looking for clarity because as a baseball fan, if a pitcher gets Tommy John surgery, which Purdy's hoping to avoid, that which is a ligament replacement surgery, a starter's usually out 18 months. A reliever will maybe miss a year. Uh, so maybe it's obviously. Football is a completely different sport. It's a good thing he's not on the Yankees. Baseball. Like that, you know. Well, yeah, we dodged a bullet there with Brock Purdy. Um, but <laughs> Football uh, is completely different than basketball. If if Brock Purdy misses six months, okay, maybe he is good to go. But does this open the door for Tom Brady as an option for San Francisco? Trey Lance, who knows what the Trey Lance situation is at this point. Jimmy G, I think, is finally out the door. And now Purdy's a big question mark. And, and by the way, Purdy wasn't a toolsy player to start with. And now elbow injury, you wonder how that affects his ability to drive the ball downfield, especially year one out of the surgery like this. I'm not sure I can stomach Tom, the Tom Brady to the Niners scenario. Um, I mean, you... I, like, oh, you love the Niners too much for that? No, I just think that you like, don't want it. I think you have two what quarterbacks. What would you stomach for Tom Brady? Where, where would I mind yeah. him going? I could stomach <laughs> almost that. Like the <laughs> the Niners thing to me is not attractive. It would ruin the purity of the your Niners love. I just think that you've got you <laughs> like you don't. Trey Lance has had one of the most un, like miss like if you look at like what happened to Carson Wentz in Philadelphia. Everyone's making you know, it's so bad that Nick Foles took over. If you're Carson Wentz, like you had your legacy stolen away during an MVP season. Like Trey Lance has been through this season after season. So if the third if his third year begins with we've taken Tom Brady, like then get Trey Lance out of there and let him play right. somewhere else. I, I think if Brady went, Trey Lance would be gone. I assumed going into the conference championship game, it'd be Purdy and Lance and Lance would probably have a better chance to play than most people give him credit for. Mm. And that would just see, and that like, yeah. not that's sort of a good problem. We have two young quarterbacks. We like them both for different reasons. We got them now that Purdy's hurt. I feel like the Brady chance is higher for sure. Yeah. And whenever Purdy, you know, does resurface and at what level he's playing, you, there is this concern. Like what if that was the Brock Purdy story? I hope it's not. I hope he has a lot more in front of him, but it's uh, obviously disappointing for 
the kid. Yes. I just want to acknowledge quickly that Mark jumped on the Niners bandwagon and immediately disaster struck. <laughs> like the curse you of know, Mark I, is alive. Honestly, like I'm I like I largely just ignored Twitter entirely at this point. But when I do log on, I'm, I see these tweets. I have been pro Shanahan and pro Niners for years. Yeah, that's like, fair. I, I didn't he declare liked my, all, He liked them all yeah, season. Like I would this, say the Colts or the, uh, the your team's situation, like the, the Titans. <laughs> yeah, I apologize, but like, how is anyone in your Titans fandom head this much? It's like no one controls what happened. They created their own misfortune in total darkness. I did not. Your retort, Justin. I have nothing. <laughs> all right. It's like your team <laughs> didn't even know. I'm glad he apologized. That at least like, he acknowledges some amount of responsibility there. Huh. I don't acknowledge any responsibility <laughs> at all. It's just like I want to just move on with it. Just out of curiosity, unrelated to this conversation, who are you picking for the Super Bowl? Well, they asked me today to yeah. already make my pick. And uh, I mean, I don't think I... Like I, at this point, who, A showman would not leaning? say it today. Right, right. I don't want to know. Yeah. We're going to save for the preview show I next week. I picked one of these teams to make the Super Bowl. Okay. And um, if like if you want to go back and research that, that's no. where I'm leaning. <laughs> Not you per se, but yeah. like someone else that they've seen. If they have a lot Let's of time see. in their hands, I'm leaning there. But I, I I'm not sure. Okay. Not entirely sure yet. It's kind of like a black cat, a, a ladder. The black cat's going underneath the ladder. A mirror falls off the wall and yeah. shatters. Whoever's connected, maybe not the best news. But we move on. But first, let's take a quick break. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Without further ado, here is the top five cities uh, that players want to play in. Okay. And this is correct. No, I'm going to decide if this is true or not. Okay. Um, Here we go. Number five, Houston. So you did crack the top five just barely. Number four, Vegas. And by the way, a big part of this, no income tax. And yeah. Those are two states right off the bat, no yeah. income tax. Three, Los Angeles. It's a, it's a great place to live for a pro athlete. Maybe tax is too high. Keep an eye on that. Build your other brands. Number two, Atlanta. Players want to be in Atlanta. And number one, another income tax-free haven and also a great place to live. Colleen? (laughs) Colleen? (laughs) Miami. There it is. Miami. I thought you were going to sneak in New York there at the Houston, end. Houston, Vegas, like, Los Angeles, on. Atlanta, Miami. Nashville's got to be above Houston. No. Also a tax haven. See, this is where Nashville's you know, a tax You're not free. as close yes. with, with the players. I, I factored as, it in. As me. I uh, passed on it. Number seven. Uh, I think... <laughs> I think you did a good job there. No, I don't think it's this was it. Guess. This Houston, was, this is it. Houston yeah. needs Fact-based. to be top four, and then I wouldn't argue. You could shake up those four anyway. Sure. LA, Miami, Houston, Atlanta. 
I don't think Vegas. I think Vegas is a little bit of a niche uh, pick there. I don't think it gets. This is one of your weirdest like stand on the hill and just take arrows no matter what. What takes Vegas spot? Houston, but other than that, I got Houston. Now, I'm saying top four. I just oh, what I, a cop out! Mind. You're like I don't agree with one of your top five, but I won't replace it. Oh, it's no, now no, no, a top no. four. I would say Houston to me might be number one or two, uh, but I don't have a problem with any Fill of the, the top other five, four. Then. Who should be there instead of Vegas? I, I just was saying Vegas flip, can't be in the flip, top four. You're saying I was flip saying Houston flip to Vegas. It. Maybe New York get sneaks in over. Uh, I'm saying Vegas. why are we okay. still discussing this? <laughs> Maybe New York. I don't know. All right. I think you did a great job. Thank you. Uh, Vic Fangio, guess what? He is back in business. The Dolphins will hire the ex-Broncos coach as defensive coordinator, or will they? Mm. Fangio himself says, whoa, 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 whoa. Stop the clocks. That's not necessarily what's going to happen here uh, because there's another team that could be interested in, in Fangio. Ian Rappaport was on, who had the NFL Network had the original reporting on this, was on Pat McAfee today, I believe, and said, although the Niners are in the mix with the ties to Kyle Shanahan, ultimately this this he thinks this will end with Fangio going to Miami. But as of right now, it, it remains open. There's the update on Fangio. I mean, Tom Pelissero, the Pell Razor, uh, previously announced that the deal with Miami would previously be— Previously on Pell Razor— on that episode, the highest would make him the highest paid defensive coordinator. So, I mean, I think money might ultimately just do this. Who, but Who would be the highest paid? Fangio to go to Miami. Fangio. He loves Kyle Shanahan, though. The Niners, you know, their D.C. is out the door. So I think that's where this all shifted. Yeah, they don't have a natural replacement on the roster. They've done a great job, you know, developing coaches. But they've lost so many now in a in a short span. Like Fangio seems... <sighs> Seems so older. Uh, seems old, but he's like much younger than Bill Belichick and Andy, Andy Reid and Carroll. Sorry, I just you think of him as this cranky old guy, but well, he's cranky. Yeah. Sorry, I Vic. think of them. He like what well, great, his name's Vic. You know, he's what old, a great hire. He's old school. If you're if you're how many Vicks are out there actively now? Hey, Vic. No, I mean they were as previously they were Victors. How many Victors are out there? I'm even fewer. Yeah. Where is Vic Beasley? Is he still in the NFL? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Um, in other news, Kellen Moore out. You know, this is this is not. You know, in fantasy sports, when you drop a guy from your roster and you kind of wrestle with it, you're like, oh, a bit of a crunch, or I don't really want to do this, but I think I should do this. In my mind, it makes it's in the best interests of my team. And then right away, somebody else picks up that player, and you're like, hey, probably shouldn't have done that. <laughs> Kellen Moore, <laughs> fired by the Cowboys. He's the fall guy after Dallas falls short again. I guess you can't fire uh, Dak Prescott, so you got to fire somebody. So get rid of the OC. It's his fault. Uh, their season once again ended short of the NFC title game, and almost immediately you blink, and Kellen Moore is hired by the Los Angeles Chargers. And uh, the one other kind of note to the story, Mark, not only is Moore out of Dallas and immediately in L.A., uh, upgrading that situation for the Chargers. It is Zaddy himself, Mike McCarthy, who is taking over uh, play-calling duties for the Cowboys. Cue the laughter and the snickering from the Cognizante. I don't think we need to laugh at Mike McCarthy um, 
calling plays, but I do think a layer is removed from. There it is. Listen to Twitter. I guess they are laughing. Uh, I mean, you you have fewer and fewer guys to blame. Dan Quinn's defense wasn't wasn't Dan Quinn sticking around, by the way, because I think Dan Quinn's thinking if things go south here. Uh, I've been nothing yeah, be but Dan Quinn. I'll be Dan Quinn, the head coach by November, because the next fall guy is Mike McCarthy. I, I think the uh, the fact that Moore was hired immediately to go pair with Justin Herbert, which I like, uh, tells me all I need to know. This is this doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. I know their offense was a little up and down this season, but they were top five over the past four years under Moore and EPA. I mean, they've been a highly productive offense. Have we pointed to it? Like they, I think it's two seasons in a row where you were undone by the Niners, and it's been a bad look, a bad exit two times. Who was asking for Kellen Moore to be fired 10 days ago after they thrashed the Buccaneers and Dak Prescott looked like the best quarterback around? Nobody. It's just totally reactive. And I, I just, there were whispers. Albert Breer told Dan Patrick that Moore and McCarthy were not necessarily getting along very well at the end. And so maybe it just the relationship broke down. Right. They probably have different philosophies. Moore was there a long time. I mean, Moore was Dak's, former teammate. So you could almost understand a little bit of a power struggle there that like more is getting what his offense wants to be done. I, as a Justin Herbert, you know, fan, I didn't know how to feel about this because people are all over the place with more. I mean, they did really struggle down the stretch last year and they do a lot of stuff, but did they have an identity? But some people think it's McCarthy and more clashing that it wasn't one guy's system. So maybe better to have a divorce. McCarthy made this move quite a few times in green Bay. It was like he would call plays and then he would back off and he would call plays and he would back off depending on what was happening. So I think it's McCarthy thinking, if I'm going to go down, I'm going to do it my way. There you That's go. the zaddy move. There you go. Classic zaddy move. And finally in the news. Until zaddy doesn't have a job. On any level. Oh, wait, I do have. And, and wait, Mark, even, like, Mark was talking over Mark I, there. This has become utterly I don't unruly. see him as a zaddy on any level. <laughs> finally in the news, the NFL salary cap will continue to climb in 2023. Rap sheet and the Pell Razor. This week on Pell Does Razor. Does he know that his, that's his nickname? That's a I don't great know, nickname, I don't know by the way. I don't even really talk to Tom. I got to be honest with you. Yeah. He doesn't seem to know. We've heard nothing. Have you? How many conversations have you had with the Pell Razor? I believe one. Greg? I mean, a handful. Not not many. I, I used to know Tom a little bit when he was at USA Today. Right. How about that? Right. Was that PFT? You were very close with him. Back no, then. but I spoke with him. <laughs> the Pell Razor reported with Ian that the league informed teams Monday that the salary cap in 2023 will be a record 224.8 million per club. That's a 16.6 million leap for each club from the 208.2 million cap hit of 2022. This connects to new media deals, the addition of 17th game, and other increased profits. And it's continued to go up that way and continue an upward climb. I'm wondering um, if, like, for instance, Greg, real quick here. Like, what is the percentage of teams that didn't meet the salary cap and spent under the salary cap in 2022? Well, everyone. That set well well under it. Like, could have made moves but chose to maybe leave a little bit of bubble. A good percentage of the league, yeah, didn't get that close to it. Right. More than 10 teams, I would say. My question is, as the salary cap continues to escalate, are we going to start to see something akin to MLB where certain owners are going to start making business decisions uh, that and they stay far away from the cap, which is high enough now where you could field a halfway competitive team and, and pocket some money while you're at it. I worry about that as a one, and I know the union is going to fight to make sure that doesn't happen, That, but they ultimately, the owners 
are the ones signing the checks. I wonder at what point you start to see that become a well, part a of the floor. NFL. There is a floor. You have to spend, I forget what the rule of it, it's like cash spending 90% of it over a three-year period in aggregate. So there have been teams that have had to like spend at the last second to make sure that you get over that floor, but it's something like 90% of the cap, so you can't... Right. You I can, wonder if we're going to see more and more right. of that from You can have some funny money, because there's so much cap space now. It's gone up so much. It's $16 million this year, uh, raised, and it's like... 30 over the last three that, and there's no good players. It's harder to find good players in free agency to spend it on and in the draft than it is to spend that money. So it does open it up for that trade tsunami. I think that is where it's getting a little more NBA like because there's so much cap space. It makes good. It's the only way you can get good new Th- players. That's great, is with for, that's great for like the off season. I mean, that creates massive storylines and probabilities and possibilities. I do have an update, though, for you on the top five uh, cities okay. that players uh, want to live in. Well, Las Vegas update. It's not going to change Las my list. Las Vegas um, is out as number five. I okay. overlooked one town that we just talked about, uh, which has officially entered the list at number five. Justin, here we go. Steven, this doesn't sound as good. It's Dallas. Dallas is the fifth. Dallas is fine. Dallas is the fifth city. Dallas, Dallas Maybe is better than Houston. Oh, no. really? Where are you from? I, I'm from Dallas. I, I oh. think I think the players prefer Houston. Uh, we're, Greg. <laughs> uh, sorry, but like you, you suddenly are acting as this insider that's spoken to. What, just what, what need good... to be a majority of NFL players to even have an opinion on I this? I just have a good feel. We'll ask Baldy. I don't know the we'll last time. Baldy. I know the last time you spoke to an NFL player though. Uh, MJD. I mean, in the a, film someone. Room. I was someone there. Someone not there. living in Los Angeles for a job here. <laughs> I just have a good feel of the league, you know. Okay, let's take a break. Utter farce. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Welcome back. Our guest is a longtime favorite of ATN. But let's be honest, it's he's kind of everybody's favorite. And that's and that's a credit to the man, the the myth, the legend. Uh, and also we're very lucky to have him because he's always in hot demand. He is Brian Baldinger, also known as Baldy. What's up, buddy? Well, hello guys. How are you? How's everything going? We're good. Can you settle something here? Well, I like the look today, Baldy. You look straight out of like an 80s action movie. Yeah, well, I mean, I did NFL now, and it was just time to put the stuff away. Now I'm ready to <laughs> Right. I'm, think, I'm thinking of like um, – Baldy's like an action figure who has like seven or eight kind of sure. scenarios. Right. I like that. I'm thinking like Predator with uh, Schwarzenegger, you being like one yeah. of his dudes with like Jesse the Body Ventura. I get the vibe. Mm. Um, I like both those guys. Yeah, hyper hyper masculine. <laughs> um, we were just talking uh, earlier in the show, Baldy, and you are a longtime NFL player. I think you played how many years? A dozen years? It was a long... Twelve years. Yeah, and well, that was like another lifetime ago. So I, you know, I might. I understand, might have but you're you're plugged in as hell, Baldy, and we're just curious. Yeah. Like, what are the top like five NFL c- uh, cities that players want to play and live in? And I, I threw out a list that included Houston. 
And I factored in things like in state income ta- tax and the, the culture of the city and, and all that. Houston, Vegas, L.A., Atlanta, Miami as my top five in descending order. How does that list look to you and what I miss and what are you thinking? Where are you? I'm, I'm just looking out at Fort Lauderdale Beach right now. <laughs> and I'm saying, like, how, how could it get any better than this? I think that's like, number one. I think that's number one. I mean, one. I, I literally could probably throw a baseball to Nick Bosa's house from here. You know, you right <laughs> down the road. You can go to Fort Lauderdale Port on any day of the week in the offseason. You're going to see players. They're all coming here. And there is no state income tax. And um, the sunshine is about as bright as it gets right now. So if you want to train, you want to party. But I also have a philosophy. I don't know if I should share it with you guys or not. Please, please, please do it. You've already decided. So, all right. Like, Mike McDaniel doesn't want to hear this. But I don't think the Dolphins will ever win a championship, ever. <laughs> yeah, because life is it's just too good in South Florida. Right. Like, I remember Miami. Well, like one night I was at the Hard Rock Casino, right? And it's late. We're playing blackjack. And there's two prominent starters on the Miami Dolphins on a Monday night at 4 a.m. with a drink in their hand. And I'm like, look, I don't blame them. I'd be doing the same thing if I was a player. But I don't know if that's what Andy Reid wants when he gets his team, you know, trying to get his team ready, you know, to play on Sunday. Because, well, let's face it, there's no place open at 4 in the morning in Kansas City. Mm. So, you know, I mean – like, I, I just think the temptations and the lifestyle, it's too good to actually think about winning championships here. And you started your career with the Cowboys. Uh, Greg. Uh, same thing. It's the same yeah, problem. Greg said that deserves yeah. to be in the top I put, five. I put Dallas in the top five. I like Dan's top five. I just replaced Vegas with Dallas, and then it was good. Well, here was the argument. Like, Greg made a huge case <laughs> for Houston being not only top five, but number one. No, I, I said mean, top three. Top three. I, Miami, I think, would be one. I think Miami is one. Houston yeah, I, top three? Like, like I, I, I still have a farm in Texas. You can't put Houston in the top five. And I'm not down on Houston. Oh, no. <laughs> saying, like, you know, like Greg. whoever planned Houston – like, they had ADD the whole time. I mean, you know, there's three different Sprawl. downtowns. It's, it's changed, though. It, oh, wait, Baldy. Greg is telling oh, you it's yeah. changed. Here comes okay. Greg. I'm, I'm connected more with the younger generation, yes, Baldy. Yes. And it's a, it's a different city, a lot of nightclubs, James Harden types of uh, clubs that he likes. Greg hasn't you know. talked to an yeah. NFL player since 1998, <laughs> if he even did that. Well, you know, look, look Jalen Hurts might have a different opinion about there Houston you go. There you go. than somebody that doesn't come from that city, which is fine. Uh, I know this. It's still the number one recruited city mm. in America for high school football. So if you want to find your talent for major colleges, just go to Houston. They're in every single corner and crevice, you know, from Katy all the way out to where, you know, Jalen played for his dad. So and everywhere in between. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of guys want to go back home when their uh, college days are, are through. And anyway, that's why I made my top five. But. We're not okay. at Greg's level in terms of breaking these things Absolutely down. Absolutely not. Um, Baldy, let's talk a little bit. Like, Let's dive in the trenches here. I know that I, this has to be a matchup you love. Um, I want to start with the Eagles. Let's start here just because, yeah. uh, you know, we think about what are, the, what are the best defenses of this century. And, of course, you start with the Ravens in 2000. You talk about the Legion of Doom. Uh, boom, excuse me, um, that that obviously that big Seattle defense that won a title nearly won another. Does Philadelphia, is there a chance they crack this conversation or at least can be seen in that group if they dominate Kansas City with what they've been able to do, especially up front? 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, Kansas City's number one offensive football. Uh, you know, they got some legendary coaches on the other side, Andy Reid, Eric Bannemi. Uh, you know, can game plan with the best of them. They got the best quarterback in the league. Um, you know, if they get to Patrick Mahomes and they just, you know, chase him around the yard the way Tampa did a few years ago, and they end up with, say, five more sacks, which might be possible, um, you know, you're in the 80s for sacks in a season. And then if you add the interceptions and, you know, what they're doing in the postseason right now to Daniel Jones and to what they did to San Francisco, I mean, I, I think you'd be foolish not to – start talking about this is one of the all-time great defenses. And look, I, I played in Philly with Reggie White and Clyde Simmons and Seth Joyner. Mm. And I know what, you know, great defense looks like when Buddy Ryan was coaching those teams. And this looks a lot like what Philadelphia put on the field um, a lot of weekends back then. Where do you think the matchup is where they can get pressure? Because the Chiefs are so good in the interior. Maybe – you tell me, like, is that the best – center and guard combination in the league between Creed Humphrey and, and Trey Smith and, and Tooney? They're good. They're good, uh, Greg. I, I think, you know, they, look, I'm a big fan of Zeus. Like, I, I'll say this Thank about you. Orlando Brown Jr. <laughs> like, he's so big that it's like, you know, it's like trying to run around the sun to get to the quarterback. You know, and then you can't really run through him, but you can you can get pressure off the edge from the land. Like, he's he's not the best athlete out there playing in that position. I think you do it against Wiley. I think off the edges, you could definitely get pressure on Patrick Mahomes. Now, you know, the great thing about great – well, the thing about great quarterbacks is they know how to escape edge pressure. They just do. They feel it. They got a GPS system in their head. But they can't – they have a hard time if Javon Hargrave or Fletcher Cox or somebody like that is coming right up the middle at you. And that's where I think this defense defense gets really good because, you know, the guys I'm talking about inside, and they'll, they'll play Brandon Graham in there. They lined up uh, Hassan Reddick in there a little bit last Sunday. Um, their ability to get pressure up the middle is probably the best in the league right now. Hmm. I mean, so we're going to spend the next two weeks. Andy Reid, obviously, offensive wizard, whatever Philly throws at him, we know he's going to come in with a bag of tricks. Uh, Andy Reid deserves to be coronated at this point if they win this game for what he is. But it's almost like Nick Sirianni's, the biggest headline he ever generated was his opening press conference, which I think is a kind of a tell on everyone at this point where it's like, we're going to destroy yeah. the guy before he does everything. We don't know who he is. Um, but I still feel like we don't really know that much about Nick Sirianni. I know you're close to the team. What have you observed that makes him effective with the players, that makes him special, that makes him a factor in the Super Bowl as a head coach? Well, I mean, if you looked at the coach on the other side last Sunday, like I haven't seen Kyle Shanahan smile all year. Like, you know, and so, <laughs> like, there's, you know, and that's not a knock on Kyle. Maybe there's a stress in that job that, you know, we don't see. I mean, I think it's a great job. But Nick Sirianni, that guy's having a ball. He's got his kids up at the podium after the thing. Like, his ability just to just watch him in practice, just mingle with the players, shoot the, the breeze with them, whether it's in the stretch line, in the in the weight room. Um, after practice, you name it. The guy just knows how to, like, really build one-on-one -on -one relationships. Uh, he's special like that, and he's having a ball. Now, it helps that they won 16 games. You know, there's, you know, it's not like the Eagles two years ago, they were 4-11-1, and, and it was just misery in Philadelphia. But, you know, the guy's having a good time, and I like that about Nick because I used to say this all the time with coaches. They, they'd walk around with their butt, like, this tight all week long. <laughs> and then their pregame speeches, let's go up and have some fun. Well, I don't think it works that way. I think you got to like mirror what you want your players to do. 
And so he basically empowers his team to, to pay. This is your team. I'm empowering you. But look, these are the fundamentals of the game. We're going to harp on the fundamentals every single day so that they're sharpened tools when you get to Sunday. So we're not going to let anything slide. But we're going to have some fun along the way doing it. And I feel like that's kind of how this team is built, is like they're having a good time working really hard. they got great team chemistry. He helps build that chemistry. They're getting all their work done. They're prepared. Like the, the nuance to the game, you know, the, um, the, all of the, the stuff that you got to know in the moment, like they're ready, fourth down and one, you name it. They got to play ready. But, you know, it looks like they're having a good time along the way. Yeah, and you and I'm sure you played under, you know, all types of coaches in terms of how they were um, designated or how they were described. That is a, kind of a needle to thread, though, right? When it comes to the guy that's the the good good guy, smiling coach that's having a fun time without getting walked over ultimately when things go sideways. So what he's been able to pull off here that that's not so easy, is it? Well, it isn't, but that's why you need a good staff. I mean, nobody's walking over Jeff Stout. You know, like when it was COVID, when it was COVID and, you know, everybody was doing these meetings on Zoom. I was just like in Lane Johnson's house listening to Stout. And I, and I see the terror on these players' faces, like after games. And like they would be like having a competition, like who's going to get chewed out the most? Because it's coming, <laughs> you know, for missing that assignment on third down or missing the protection or whatever. Like nobody walks over Stout. And, you know, even a guy like Lane Johnson who's been in the league 10 years, like the ultimate respect right there, you know, with Kelsey and Lane and how to do things. And so Malata had to learn it, you know, and Samala had to learn it. And Dickerson is finding it out, you know. And so I think it's important, like if you're talking about, okay, a coach that has to needle that thread, which is a really good analogy, um, you have to – you got to have your, your guys in place that are really good assistant coaches that can do a lot of the, you know, that have to do all the work for you. Wait, what's going on at Lane Johnson's Yeah, house? you can't just sneak that in there. What's going on? Are you guys playing like Xbox or Switch? Yeah, well, you know, he's got a barn in his backyard. Yeah. You know, they into this, like, you know, this gym, this weight room, and it, we call it the barn, and everybody wants to work out there. Like, the, the Eagles have a good facility at Novacare, but you're not having as much fun as you are at Lane's house. At the barn, mm. yeah. You know, and his girlfriend and his, you know, his chef and his trainer – they're all there. They're welcoming. You know, you just got to find a little spot in the driveway to park the car. But, you know, I mean, every day there's, you know, you don't know who's going to be there working out or training. It could be an MMA fighter. It could be it's a amazing. college kid. It could be a guy from another team. Um, you know, it's it's like, you know, it's the ultimate, like, um, fraternity over there. I think I might take Baldy's top five cities over Greg's at this point. <laughs> I love I love it. When you're turning on the Eagles tape now, like which lineman is it Lane Johnson that, that you like watching the most? I almost feel like him playing through this torn uh, adductor muscle, which he retore has been weirdly under the radar. You know, he's obviously one of their very best players. Uh, like what, what gets you excited watching this team? Well, I mean, that, that that injury, like when he had the injury, like the doctor that everybody in the world goes to is Dr. William Myers in Philadelphia. And when I was at Duke, Bill Myers was at Duke. He was Bill then. Now he's Williams. Big shot. Of course. But you know, he was our doctor at Duke when I was there. I know, like, he's done two of those core muscle surgeries for me. So when Lane had his injury, like, I talked to him about it, and I said, there's no way he can play. Like, if they want you to play, mm. you can rest and rehab and all this. But, like, as soon as you make an explosive move, Lane, like, you're just going to drop. 
and the guy's played almost every snap. Like, it's been unbelievable. Now, he's, he's in his house right now, hooked up with a bunch of wires, doing – the guy never stops doing treatment. But it's been amazing watching him. But I also – I love Sayamalo um, mm. because nobody ever says a word about Isaac. He's probably the smartest guy on the whole team. He can play every position. He's played four different positions in a game. Never says a word. Like, he's so – he's played every snap this year. So steady. Um, Dickerson – you can't have any more fun than Landon Dickerson's having in life, period. Like, the guy, the guy's mind is just its just out there. What he's thinking about, what he's texting players at 2 in the morning about. Have any like, examples? Just, <laughs> you know, like, he's thinking about, like, how he could build a barn better than Lane's at 2 in the morning. <laughs> That's great. Barn yeah. envy. What barn, thinking about that? barn competition. Well, why is that important, like, Landon? Like, what, you know, like, you can get into some conversation about him about anything. You know, um, you know, when you when you talk about Jordan Malata, like the guy didn't put a helmet on until five years ago. And now like he's throwing Nick Bose around on the field. Like you're not supposed to be able to do that stuff. He's got six toes. Like who has six toes? It's awesome. You know, he's got wet feet. Like he's he's not even human. He's like a you know, he's an amphibian. You yeah. know, like Does the league office know that? Should that be something that should be put up the you uh should, you should photograph flagpole? his toes and like you know, we make fun of his toes. It's a performance but, enhancer. Huh? <laughs> It's a performance enhancer, Mike. Like I don't know how you find a shoe to fit in. Those. Nike doesn't make it. You know, like well, you, you got to have like a, you know, it's like you got to have a fin, like a giant fin out there. Like that's why he warms up barefoot every week. You know, because he doesn't really have shoes that fit. Amazing, Baldy delivers. Yeah, in hey, a big spot. These two teams, you've. Anything throughout these playoff runs that you've learned about them that kind of – I know you're a tape dog above almost all, so you've been watching all these games throughout the regular season. Did you learn anything new about the Chiefs or the Eagles uh, throughout well, the you know, playoff run? I, you know, like, I don't know how many teams could do what the Chiefs just did. They lost their best corner, Legereus Sneed, on the fourth play. All right, he's out there against, you know, Jamar Chase. All right, we got a guy that can match up with Chase. All right. They lose one on the fourth play, so there's Joshua Williams. You know, there's Jalen Watson. Uh, there's Brian Cook. You know, there's, you know, Trent McDuffie. You got four rookies playing in the secondary. Four. Like, and they're not breaking down. And you're, oh, by the way, you're going up against Joe Burrow. And you're going up against maybe the best fleet of receivers in the league. And, you know, they, they take the ball away twice. And it's a difference in a game. Like, I, I was blown away by it. Because, hmm. like, I thought pregame just going in, and you know, a week ago at this time going, oh, the Bengals are going after these guys. You know, like Jalen Watson interception against, you know, Trevor Lawrence. Okay, here's the test. Like, they're going to wear him out. They didn't. You know, Spags had a good game plan, doubled him when it was appropriate. Uh, they didn't break down in the back end. Because let's face it, if you break down on the back end of the defense, either by structure, like blowing a call, or missing tackles, you're going to give up explosive plays. You're going to get beat. And they didn't do that the whole game. Like, I, I was amazed that Cincinnati couldn't take advantage of four rookies playing in the secondary like that. You know, before we get out of here, there is a play in history that involved you, Baldy. And I'd love to see something like this in the Super Bowl because we all love when an offensive lineman does something we're not expecting. You go back to 1988. You blocked for Eric Dickerson that year. He had nearly 1,700 yards. But yeah. check out this pass to Baldy, yeah. a tackle eligible. <laughs> what yeah. is going on here? Look at how Beast. he runs. Beast. Stiff yeah, arm. Oh, I, yeah. I get blown up there. Yeah, it's open um, for that. I'm caught by, by the way, I just want to just clarify here. The guy tackling me is the fastest player in the Packers. I just want you to know that. Like, it wasn't like some slow lineman catch me. It was the fastest guy on the team. He caught up quickly, uh, yes. 
Who's the quarterback we, uh, there? <laughs> we, we re- when we had a lead in the fourth quarter, we went to the wishbone. Uh. And I would go from right guard to the tight end spot to block the edge on these runs. We had Albert Bentley, Eric Dickerson. We had a loaded backfield. And we brought in this quarterback that ran the wishbone. So I told the coach, Ron Meyer, I said, look, Ron, I, I'll do that. I'll make this switch for you. But you got to put you got to put a pass play in for me. We got to keep modest. Like I'm not going to just block. Like I need, <laughs> like I need a real pass. So he goes, all right. So we worked on his pass. You know, a little play action thing, block, and you know, hesitate and then go out. So they called it. They called the end zone there. You know, at Lambeau Field. And um, you know, I'm proud to say that I led the league in yards per catch that year with 37 yards a catch. <laughs> Dang! That is and I'm amazing. looking at your Pro Football Reference. It was the only catch of your career. Were you ever targeted well, again? Well, I was targeted again, and this is where yeah. Mike Singletary comes in. I beat Singletary in the end zone against against Chicago that year. They were the best. They were one of the best defensive football. But like Singletary had to interfere with me in order to stop me from catching the ball. Right. Oh, you should have so gotten like, yardage for that. You no, know, that guy. You know that Singletary guy, man. He ruined the chance for me. Hack. To catch the <laughs> Hack. Uh, Baldy, um, always. A pleasure, sir. Thank you. Um, you're going to be in uh, Phoenix, I assume, next week? Yeah, or? I'm going to head there for a little bit. Have All right. some fun. Maybe we'll... Not uh, too many working assignments. Mostly to go have some fun. Can we just be in, like, your entourage, perhaps, for a night out, just to see what's going on? Uh, you better... <laughs> you can. Yes, you can. Notice um, how you hesitated. The, uh, hesitation. It was more telling it's, it's, to the me. Entourage is, I mean, even I'm amazed at what's coming with me to this one party. Like, I'm amazed. Again, you can't tease these things. Who's I, coming? Who's in the entourage? I, I, it's, 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 it, you know, it's nobody from Hollywood. But I'm just saying, when these three girls show up at this party with me, <laughs> like, like it's it's it, it's it's gonna stop. It's gonna stop the party. Wow. It's, yeah, it's <laughs> I believe it's a strong group. He's gonna deliver too. That's Baldy and, and I'm picture. picturing Baldy. Yeah, so, somehow adding the three of us to the mix doesn't feel quite as <laughs> no, uh, Baldy doesn't want his chair. Appetizing. Um, Baldy could show up as he is right now in a, a workout long sleeve tee and a bandana or a tuxedo. Mm-hmm. Either one equally possible, and it, he'll yeah. he'll just crush no matter what. I yes. can't wait to. I hope we run into way, him. Yeah, Baldy, we love you, buddy. All right. Thank Have you. Thanks, Baldy. There See you go. Take care, guys. Bye. Bye. What a legend. It's so clear uh, that wherever, wherever he's going in the evening does not, in his mind, include us. He is, you know, and he is, let's see, Baldy. Baldy was born in 1960. He's 63 years old. And I feel like. It's like, no, he's not. Yeah. I feel like as a man 20 some odd years his junior, um, that's best case scenario. Like, what could you be? If you were born in 1960, what is the best version mm. of a man, Baldy? Yeah, I think is he's, that am I coming on too strong? No, I think he's. I cre- don't care. He's created his own life and lifestyle, though. I think he's done it in a way like downstairs in the locker room, they have our names on lockers, and it's very it's all our, our full names. Mm-hmm. It just says Baldy's bio. Like yep. he just we don't we all know he's operating a little differently. Um, all right, that was good too. That was interesting uh, to hear. Baldy's take on it. And I do, it is. He had like 15 valuable nugs there. Always, Mm -hmm. always. And it is interesting when you look at like, oh, the great defenses. Am I missing one in in these past 20 plus years? Obviously, Ravens. Seattle, do you want to say maybe the Denver defense? Denver, uh, I think that second Super Bowl Denver defense. I mean, I think you have to say pass rush. Yes. Defense, you know, it. part of it is just the opponents they've played. Like their numbers defensively aren't, 
quite as overwhelming because in theory you can run on them. And right. They haven't played a lot of high-powered ones, but now no, they that's get gonna, now they get the yeah. ultimate test. This is a it's great. It's it's uh, going to be. I think I'll watch the game. That's <laughs> what I'm trying to say. Mm. Uh, one more. I missed this note, um, but uh, we are very plugged in, obviously, on the the Pro Bowl, and they made a big addition to the Pro Bowl roster. You guys aware of this? Yeah. Um, Tyler Huntley. He threw two touchdowns this year. He's been added to the Pro Bowl roster. And he's a fourth alternate. Uh, he replaces Josh Allen. I just want to say, like, again, nobody asks us anything. Um, we we can help. Like, we can help the direction. We want the Pro Bowl to be successful in this new iteration. Um, we didn't have to fill that spot. We could have just kept it vacant and, and pivoted off that because I don't think it, it helps Huntley. Or the the Pro Bowl itself, ultimately. No, it's like a it becomes a talking point where where it it stands out, and we're used to Pro Bowl alternates all over the map. Uh, like Mahomes, Super Bowl bound, so he's not going. Allen, Herbert, Lamar Jackson, and Tua all bowed out due to injury related. Well, Burrow just was like, I don't want to go. And Burrow doesn't want to go. So the only like I was like, then I was like, wait a minute, there's still got to be a bunch more than Huntley, but. It's Derek Carr and the Raiders put out a bizarre tweet celebrating with an exclamation point. No, 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 Derek no, Carr no, is no. going you to Pro Bowl, right? The next guy is Trevor Lawrence. That makes sense. Yeah. But then if you go beyond the list, I would argue that yeah, they who's should. Who's next? Like, I would have said this. Like Ryan Tannehill, who absolutely, if he wanted to go, like would be my next guy. Kenny Pickett after that. I I take, I'd put Jacoby Brissett I, I over would, I had Jacoby Brissett over Hundley, absolutely. Well, it, this made news even when it first came up that he was the fourth alternate because that was public information. People were like, well, how could that be? And it's the players' vote. Like, you can you can mix up the different votes. So there was enough people. Maybe they were just Ravens players. They Maybe they went to college with him or friends with him or whatever. Enough people put him on the initial list that he should be a starter because it's not like people are voting for alternates. Just for I, – like, I – I think he was behind Lamar, but it was like Lamar was third alternate and Tyler Huntley was fourth for some reason. I don't know. Maybe the Ravens just uh, voted a lot. But, yeah, it's a little mm, – it's it's a little troubling. I think it's a player vote, like, tip this. It's not the fan vote. And I d- mean, it doesn't matter, but it also is why. why. It's also not a football game, so it's a little less octane in terms of seeing Huntley out there. I guess they need someone yeah, to, running for the offense. flag football game and ah, for, the, like, the, just, the target practice stuff. Just pivot. It's pivot, panic pivot, like the Empire State Building. Um, right, and, you can't right. put that on his pro football reference page, can you? But you will. I guess they will. Well, I was. Well, the first thing that came to my mind is that you know the agent can use that as a, you know, a bargaining tool. Is there any escalators in his contracts? I don't know. Probably not. But I'm sure we'll convince a team to double or <laughs> right. triple his pay. I, but, I, I, right. It, you, yeah, you point that out, and then I'm the team. I'll be like, but he did go throw two touchdowns. You are aware of that, right? <laughs> And, um, you know, I thought that was good. Baldy also sharing um, underlying. People should know that Fort, Fort Lauderdale, especially people that aren't from this country, is about 30 miles away from Miami. So that's where Baldy is. Miami, a clear number one. That's where spring break is, too. If you're Baldy, it sounds like that. you're involved in that. Miami. And, and Greg, just I understand the Houston thing. Yeah. Uh, it's I not like certain – well, Legendary right, but you cuisine. don't totally understand because you're not as in with the players as as myself. Right, but I think you think that you're you're factoring in things that I haven't with my list. Legendary cuisine. It's a hip hop mecca. It, culturally, I it makes sense now. Unless what am I missing something else? Why Houston would be higher on the no ta- list? No taxes. That that's said that. Who, yeah. Good, that good well. housing. Like housing. Good relative, housing. Relatively. Yeah. Gentlemen's clubs. There's lots of stuff. 
Well, they're everywhere. I file that under culture. We have Atlanta on the list. Atlanta is... We have Miami on the list. Atlanta is number two. Vegas on the list. Nightlife. Anyway, good stuff. Anything else? I will tell you something that came up during that interview. Yes. Um, I was born with two um, webbed little toes, to be honest. And I had surgery to remove Whoa, that. Well, breaking but, news. But Holy I've never heard. I, I mean, I know it's not that uncommon, but like to have an NFL player with that same situation, I enjoy that. And you had a surgery to reverse the Yeah, I mean, early on, because I remember being, I mean, I don't know why I'm saying this here, but like when I was young and I'd be on the swim team or at the pool, like it's like, well, I realized that my little toes looked different. They were almost like double the size. Wow. It was like a bone situation. And so I had a surgery to remove it. Were but, you like an incredible swimmer at that time? It did not help my. Sw- I was an all right swim team member, but mm-hmm. like if we're talking freestyle, then you get into butterfly and stuff. It's like get out of here. But um, I, I, I don't think it helped. I me. think it's something that a lot of people are, are born with. I don't think there's anything. Greg thinks it's something shameful. I don't think so at all. Thank you, Dan. And if you kept it the way you were, you would have been just as beautiful to me, Mark. I appreciate that, and I don't not believe you. But I'm glad. But you were that probably I- a better swimmer before. Yeah, that's yeah. that's probably true. I, maybe true. it maybe it helped my lotta, his footwork. Somehow. That's why I said maybe you got to send it up the flagpole with the league office. That seems, yeah. That seems well, he's had an intri- like a right. pretty intriguing rise from nowhere. So. Right. Almost. A, he's suspiciously great. Yeah. He's from the International Pathway Program. Yeah. Henry Hodgson. I mean, it might not be. We're not sun. saying that's suspicious. It might be the incredible right. size and athleticism that virtually unmatched in the NFL. But <laughs> he has six toes. There's an X factor. On each foot. Yeah. Would you take a sixth toe to be one of the great tackles of the sport? Give me it. Give me a digit. 100%. Right. I mean, I, I'd take a sixth toe for a lot less than that. How about like a nice dinner? Oh, a good steak. <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think you would. A Thursday show, by the way, will be the uh, iconic Don't Say Super Bowl show uh, where you will be penalized. We'll figure out some ground rules on this. If you even say the words Super Bowl, you can say super and bowl, um, but not you can't put them together. And if you do, you're penalized. We will not talk the big game on Thursday. Now we got to figure out what we're going to talk about. There's the challenge. You think this is an easy job? All right. It's pretty easy. We're very lucky. But we will give you a great show on Thursday. Or we'll try to. Till then. Heat the call. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.